Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, hello, everybody. Do you know what? You've made it to Tuesday again. So that means it's going to be okay because it's glamour's. Hey, it's okay. Good morning, evening. I mean, it's it's sort of early evening now. I guess you could be listening to this anytime, but it is another episode of Glamour's Hey, It's Okay podcast. Thank you for joining us. I am Joe Elvin. I'm the editor in chief of Glamour. Today, I'm joined by two marvelous women. Uh, one of whom I just can't live without, Lindsay Frankel's <laughs> Glamour's Deputy Editor. Thanks very much. She, Hello. She does all the work. Um, I'm keeping this ship afloat. And then the busiest woman in showbiz, who I am absolutely thrilled to have here today. If you haven't seen her stand up, then you need to sort your life out. It is Catherine Ryan, comedian Hello. extraordinaire. Hello, how are you? So nice. It's so weird to be introduced. Do you think? It feels very like dun, 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 like a drum roll and then immediately you're just well, like, hi. But that's the thing. I sort of feel like, you know, it's, it's worse introducing people mm. because you kind of want to do it justice. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, in Britain, usually when you're introducing another comedian, you can say any old thing and just bring them on stage. But in America, they will give you a laundry list of things like, you must say that I've won this and I've been featured on that and I've got this coming up and, th- and then you can't even remember it when you're introducing So them. what's what's your laundry list? Have you been working on that? Not at all. I mean, in real life or what I ask people to say? Yeah. What do you want me to say? We can do it again. Oh, yes. <laughs> You'll know me from the Sign- school run in a bathrobe. <laughs> it's Crouch End's derelict mum, Catherine Ryan. Uh, well, as long as you're covering the North, because I've co- totally got yeah. that title for the South, all right? So just... The South is where it's Back at. off. Yeah. I'm not coming to the South. I can't compete with this, the South moms. No. We're like really gangs can't. in beautiful shoes. Imagine if they were gangs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would make it interesting. Idea for a film. Yes. All right, let's get on that. Okay. So today you're here to um, indulge in... Now, normally, Catherine, we shove our fabulous celebrity guests in a cupboard. Mm. But you're way too important, and you've got an American Canadian Canadian accent, so I wasn't going to do that to you. But I mean, it's okay to say I have an American accent because I'm from a border town in Canada, so it's very nearly America. So I don't really speak the way Canadians talk on South Park. Mm. I do have friends who talk like this, and they sound different. See, I can't. <laughs> I can't hear the differences like a Can't lot, you? I'm Australian, yeah. and 
a lot of people I know can't hear the difference between Australian and New Zealand. Yep. So I think it's the same thing. Oh, but yeah. I think if you yeah. put the two accents next to each other, similar with American and Canadian, yeah. you can definitely tell the difference. No. The well-travelled will know. Yes. But, but you're in our office today, in my glamour office. Um, so if you're listening and the noise is a bit weird... That's why, because sometimes you hear someone getting mugged outside. Sometimes there's a bus. There is definitely going to be some like buses arguing with each other, which always happens down this street. And if you want to know what the inside of the Glamour offices look like, I mean, there is a really beautiful dark chocolate birthday cake around the corner. Photos of celebs on the wall. Amy Schumer, uh, David Gandy and his pants is on the wall. David Gandy did send me his underpants with that picture. His actual underpants. That's 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 what I tell everyone. (laughs) He turned up in his pants to the office. Well, you won that eBay auction fair and square. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed. And I've still got them in my drawer. You're not allowed to see them. So what has surprised you about the Glamour office? What, What did you think it would look like? I thought it would look exactly like this. Exactly I made, I made it smell season. nice for you today. I lit a candle. I'm really all about smell, and I yeah. love the candle. There's a balloon in here. I mean, it seems eclectic, festive. I mean, eclectic. And look, you've got gifts from Jimmy Choo. See, this is the definite perk of being glamorous editor-in-chief. People send you fashions. Do you want to know what's in that Jimmy Choo box? David Gandy's underwear. Uh, no, although... Um, Jimmy Choo's underwear. It's... it's the most, and I love you, Jimmy Choo, but it is the most insane pair of moon boots mm. that you've ever seen. And I haven't actually worn them anywhere because it never is snowy or warm enough to wear them here. You must go skiing. I must. <laughs> wear them to hunt a Russian man. Uh, yeah, well, now you know something about um, rich Russian men, don't you? Wow. Yes. <laughs> Did you like that? I mean, that was yes. a great segue. Yes. <laughs> I feel like Donald Trump. No, I have no relationship with that man. Um, yes, I just wrapped a series called How'd You Get So Rich that is coming out on Channel 4 early January. Um, and we traveled the world meeting billionaires and millionaires, men and women, and kind of snooping around their homes and cars and offices and finding out how they got so rich. So I know a couple of really rich people. Mm. And um, I always find it really frustrating if they're the kind of people who just like to have a McDonald's and watch a Netflix on a Friday night rather than live the in my feverish imagination the lifestyle just that I want. Buy what? islands and yeah you know, go just, in sort of helicopter somewhere for no reason. Surely yeah, that's all. I'd probably buy Zara. Mm. Oh awesome. okay. Yeah that'd be yeah. awesome wouldn't it? I was thinking more like, you know, Necker Island or something, but yeah, Zara would be good too. Be see money's changed too. It hasn't <laughs> yeah. changed so when's the series come out? What, what sort of surprised you the most about making it? It surprised me that I liked everyone. I really believed that this would just be a parade of dicks, you know, mm. daddy's money. That really winds me up in this country specifically. There's this ancestral, uh, what's, what's it called? Oh, there's a name for it. I can't even think of it. Uh, it's well, nepotism. It's just, yeah, it's just like, it, it's like, yeah, hered- Austerity. heredity, hereditary wealth or, isn't yeah. it? I don't know. I'm not, I'm not from here. Well, like either. the sort of aristocracy, I mean, the kind of like yeah. landed gentry and, um, and, and that's mean, what I thought it would be. Someone right. born into a portfolio of properties mm. that, but it wasn't that. It was self-made people who just had a passion for a, a myriad of different businesses and they just worked and worked and worked and accidentally became super rich. And I loved that. I thought they had a lot in common with each other. I took some skills that, you know, I could maybe use in my own life. Can okay. I share? Well, um, I think you concentrate first on what you know and what your passion is. Because you hate it, you're not going to want to put the hours that it takes to make it a success. Uh, and then you always put out more than you take in. So you 
make more than you spend, mm. just basic maths. But these people are so busy, at least in the first 10 years, because it doesn't happen overnight, that they're not spending any money on themselves. Certainly they're investing money in the business, just working and working. Mm. And um, I think being really headstrong, even when people laugh at their idea, like Poundland, we had the couple who created Poundland, and after 10 years, they sold it for 50 million pounds. Wow. And in the beginning, their friends were like, nobody's going to want stuff for a pound. What are you doing? Or there were um, products that wouldn't sell to them because they were like, well, I don't really want to be stocked in a Poundland. Yeah. And just sheer determination, Mr. Smith, the, the man, would go back and say, you will be stocked in Poundland. You will. And eventually they were. Oh, my God. And that's really interesting. That it's, yeah. it's a kind of, it's like a, like the determination and self-belief is there. Cause yeah. I remember you were saying earlier that everyone had quite similar character traits. They did. That, you know, you, you recognised in each person. It's fascinating. So we just have to be really, really determined and not take no for an answer. I and suppose. Then we'll be millionaires. And just understand that there are people making more money than you today, people really successful, who aren't really that smart. Like, you could become president of the United States. You really could. Well, this is what sort of, like, (laughs) equally kind of, like, reassures and really annoys me. It's like, (laughs) you know, it's like, how can somebody that stupid be so successful? Although he wasn't self-made, Donald Trump. Absolutely He pretends that he was, but he wasn't. Yeah. But, yeah. Did you fancy any of the bazillionaires? I hoped that I would. Yeah. But no, there were no sparks at all. I mean, these people are mostly married or women. Or, I mean... Is that off the table? That wouldn't be a deal breaker for me. How much money are we talking about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, yeah. I used to say in jest, but I think I really mean it. Um, having been someone who has come from nothing myself and single-handedly supports myself and my daughter and who's made it in a foreign country when mm. really we were struggling in the beginning, um, I, I think I wouldn't want to be with a man who was super rich and powerful because I think that women such a short time ago, didn't have any power, couldn't mm. have a bank account, couldn't buy a property. Mm. And now we have all this commercial buying power. We can have jobs. We can box in the Olympics if we want. We can do whatever. That I kind of feel like uh, I would feel scared if, if there was a man. Because this is the thing. They can just have you killed and then pay a good lawyer or just, and get you off. Know, or, yeah, or, or divorce you and suddenly you've got a completely different lifestyle overnight. It must be yeah. terrifying to be dependent on that. They say that if you marry for money, you earn every dime. Yeah. But it's, it sounds like a fascinating series. And when's, when is it coming out? Have you got an actual date? January. We haven't got an okay. actual date right now. Though, I mean, maybe we do. Look Just out check your people. local listings. It's, it's a learning experience. How did you get so rich? Is that what it's called? How did you get yeah. so rich? But what about you? How did you get so successful? You're doing so brilliantly oh, well. I saw your stand-up show in summer, I think. Mm-hmm. And it was packed out and everybody was killing themselves laughing oh thank you and, for coming to that and you killed it at the mm. glamour women of the year awards uh when you presented on stage some there was something featured about going down on your grandmother which susan sarandon then picked up on later on she did so, me a favor didn't yeah. she yeah. <laughs> well susan sarandon called back yes. well that's really a bit about ageism joe yeah. and i'm sorry i knew there was a message there yeah. yeah um i don't know i think again i just um uh, I worked in an office at Fashion and Beauty Monitor, actually, when I first came here. Yeah, you are a subscriber of ours, um, or you were at the time. It's like an industry database for contact news and events. I did sales there, and I did a little bit of stand-up, but just as a hobby, kind of like a, a Zumba class. I didn't think that it could be a career. Uh, but I always valued comedy in the home growing up in an Irish family. I think if you want someone to talk to you, then you have to have something worth saying. You have to sit at the table 
and uh, be part of a conversation and to be funny in my family. Was, and, and you have to be able to take the, the jabs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Those valued. Um, and then just little by little, people go, oh, you came out of nowhere. Well, again, like nobody comes out of nowhere. I've been doing stand-up 11 years. Mm. Uh, and then I'll, slowly but surely I found an audience and people started responding to what I did. When my daughter Violet was born, I was acutely aware that if I put her in a daycare and went and worked in an office every day, I mean, I don't know how single moms do that mm. because you spend as much on childcare as you're earning at work. Yeah. I didn't understand how that would happen. So I just thought, okay, I'll stay home with her all day and then I can do gigs at night where she's either asleep or I can take her maybe. And then... I just figured out, it sounds so simple, but I was like, I'm going to have to do this really, really well if I want to support us. I, I think you need to write a book about fearlessness. I mean, yeah. that is, I just yeah. can't imagine having the guts to put yourself out there like that. Yeah. You make it, it sound so simple as it well. It was really simple. Well, it's it? simple. It very hard work. When the choice is like starve or do this, then it is I really guess. simple. Yeah. I yeah. just have I to do I think you that. made the right decision. Thanks, Brent. Yeah. <laughs> Tried my best. And I couldn't go back to Canada because her dad lives here. So it's kind of like, it was, have you seen Sally Field's movie, Not Without My Daughter? Yeah. It was like that. That's a really <laughs> old film. Oh, my God. I worked at a teenage magazine in the 90s when mm. I reviewed that film. But anyway, yes. What would you think of it uh, as a teenager? I can't remember. Five stars? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I probably did. I gave everything five stars. That was too nice. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> Today, Catherine, we're going to be debating. We always debate very serious topics on this, as I'm sure, as an avid listener, yes. you know. Yeah. Um, first of all, I want to talk about pessimism. And mm. hey, is it okay to be a pessimist? And I think accepted wisdom is no. It's, you know, that that's very negative um, and you don't want to be that way. But I've kind of just realized lately that that's just my default setting mm. for everything. And... I'm wondering what you think, because I think as a comedian, I, I think the most successful comics often do come from their jokes, come from a point of pain or mm. from a point of at least sarcasm or wry observation. And I'm wondering, so do you come at it from that point of view? Well, I think um, even though comedians, myself included, uh, sometimes have material that it comes from pain, we're very optimistic, even in the moment uh, about that pain, because something terrible will happen and you, you'll hear a comic go, Oh, but I might get a joke out of this. You know, anything <laughs> terrible. Yeah. Some of the most award-winning Edinburgh shows are about dead family members, and you'll go, "Oh, well, I might get a joke out of this. It's fine." <laughs> um, and I think you're maybe being hard on yourself because I don't see you as a pessimist in like areas of your life. You look really positive and like happy and fresh. It's all a sham. <laughs> it's, all, it's all lies, yeah. Catherine. You're really friendly. Is it just like are you medicated? Yeah. No. What I think it is is I think I'm always. And I think this job as well, Lindsay, you can tell me if you agree, it, it relies, the success of the job mm. relies on the willingness of so many other people to work with you to see your vision. And I don't just mean in the magazine, I mean photographers, I mean celebrities, I mean, you know, yeah. contributors like yourself, you know, I don't have a good podcast if people like you don't say, yeah, okay, I'll do mm. it. So I'm always sort of preparing for the nose and okay. the bad news and the worst case scenario mm. because I've always thought that that means if I'm prepared for the worst I'll be pleasantly surprised and I think that's the general yeah. MO of a pessimist I, but, I also think that if you I, I'm a big fan of the backup plan because I sort of assume that I can't assume everything's going to go swimmingly 
So I, I think, well, if it all falls apart, at least I know what I'm going to do. And yeah. I think that is because so much, as you say, in this job, but in loads of jobs, everything hinges on this, like, magic moment of everything working perfectly at the same mm-hmm. time. And I just, I'm so... I, I, feel, I guess it's a case of not resting on your laurels. Maybe it's not about... It, imagining the worst or expecting the worst all the time but just all I'm always aware of not just kicking back and going well that's fine and also we work in a world that's ever evolving as well so we kind of always have to think you know we can't just sit back and go well we've done it we've got it we've got this nailed you've kind of always got to assume that somebody else is going to come in and do this better than you or something might go horribly wrong I mean I'm sounding like a right old misery now (laughs) but but Catherine if you had a backup plan about your career mm-hmm. it might not have happened do you know what I mean it mm. might if you'd said you know if the comedy doesn't work out I'll go back to fashion diary and monitor and well it did have that it? backup plan yeah. and I think that it sounds like um you've evolved to hope for the best but plan for the worst because of past experiences in your career or in your in your life things know, do I fall think, apart I think it's just a recent thing where I think that really? it's a lot of energy wasted on always assuming something bad's going to happen yep do you know what I mean? Mm. Whereas I used to think that that was really smart to to always be prepared for something yeah. bad. But actually, you just find that you've got, I find you've got this low level irritation mm-hmm. all the time and disappointment when maybe you didn't need to have it. So yeah, I just, I used to think that optimists were really naive. And now I think that I'm the one who's missed the trick. I, I just think very serious. I think yeah. you're just hard, hardwired one way or the other. I don't think I could force myself. I don't think I'm not optimistic, but... I think I'm just hardwired in a certain way. And I think those sort of basic things, like whether you're an optimist or a pessimist, yeah. is just part of your character. And maybe you change as you learn different things or you feel more confident or, you, I don't know, do you ever get to a point where you feel like you know what you're doing? I don't well, know. Well, he, here's an example. And this is like, this will be going out after the American election, mm. which as we do this is a few days away. Oh, no. I really hope that Hillary Clinton uh-huh. is the next American president. The pessimist in me is like, well, 2016 has just been so on brand with the misery and the yeah. shock results and the horrible things. Yeah. That I feel like I'm I learned bracing. my lesson last I am, time. I'm bracing for the Donald in every way. So it'll be interesting to see which way that goes. Mm. I mean, well, I think that it's yeah. all right to be a realist mm. and that's really pragmatic and it's fine and it's a smart way to live your life. But they say sometimes that your inner critic becomes your coach. So you must be careful of those voices that say, I'm hardwired like this, I'll never change, or mm. this won't happen, or that, because then uh, there are people who believe that you manifest that. And I used to say, oh, I have this boyfriend, and um, he was from a different religion and a different country, and I'd say, oh, um, you know, I've had it not work out in the past, so I need to think about the future. If this doesn't work out, then we'll have issues with, you being in a different country, and if my children are American, then you could take them from me. And also, this because so you, you were watching that Sally. Field I was watching film. that Sally Field <laughs> that wrote on the canvas of who I am today, Joe. That movie, and uh, and that's it. Yeah. I, I really think about that film a lot. And for um, anyone who doesn't know, is like she Sally Field was married to a man in I think Iran. Yeah, and um, when they she, he took her there for a, a holiday. Um, but the whole plan, the whole all along was that he was going to keep the children there yeah. and keep her there. And then she found that she had no rights in Iran and uh-huh. couldn't couldn't take her children back. And so ends up um, being smuggled out of the country with her children. That's spoilers, it. spoilers. But, but no, one, no one's going to watch it. I just need to tell them what it was. Please watch yeah. it. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I ended up manifesting the end of that relationship because he was like, 
why are you always talking about what's gonna go wrong? Like, what if it goes well? And then everything did go wrong. Now, perhaps I saved myself a, a Sally Field battle 10 years from now, who knows? Exactly. We'll never know. But I think you should, you can be an optimist and also a realist. I like the idea mm-hmm. of asking, what if it goes well? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm going to really try that. You can be, can I phone you next week? <laughs> and you can just say, but what if it goes well? But so. we don't want to be caught with our pants down. And if Donald Trump is, if, I'm sorry, if Supreme Leader President Trump <laughs> is now <laughs> ruling America, then who knows? Maybe, maybe he'll surprise us all and do an awesome job and save the world and not be the racist misogynist oh that we fear he is. I want to drink whatever you're drinking. I know, it's awesome. Say. It's like, yeah. like a human magic unicorn. Yeah. Do you know Giles Brandreth? No. Oh, he yes. is I, a former conservative yeah. MP, yeah. an unlikely character for me to be friends with. He's basically the white man. But I really yeah, love surprised him. surprised you're friends with I him. I love him. Do you? And he said to me, um, very little matters. No. What was it? It is... Nothing matters very much, and very little matters at all. That's true. I'm going to get that on a t-shirt. Yeah. Yeah. That's your motivation. Thanks, Catherine. You're welcome. I needed that. Get up to 30% off wedding jewelry at BlueNile.com and remember the joy of your wedding day forever. Blue Nile offers everything from diamond and lab-grown diamond wedding bands to classic pearls, earrings you can design yourself, even gorgeous sapphire pieces for your something blue. Whatever you choose, Blue Nile's pieces are all graded for excellence, for a lasting memento as brilliant as the love that inspired it. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Okay, now this topic, I suspect this hey, it's okay question. It might upset some people, but I think we need to talk about this. And it's meant with lightheartedness, but I suppose there is a serious thing behind it. But hey, is it okay to be embarrassed by correct anatomical terms? Like, like, is it okay to be embarrassed by calling your vagina a vagina? I've just said that in front of a room full of people. <laughs> I know. Good You're day. looking at me quite intently. Thank you. Like. Yeah, that, that felt like a breakthrough moment. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. So it's okay. Are you saying, is it okay to be embarrassed by the word vagina? And I know that mm. someone's going to yell at me on Twitter about this for sure. Someone's going to yell at you on Twitter yeah. no matter what. So yeah, you might as well. True. It's most probably going to be a man being like, I'd love to see your vagina. That's usually what we get. Well, I can just preempt that saying, no, you wouldn't. No. But, yeah, I don't like <laughs> seeing it. I don't want anyone else to see it. But anyway. No. You yeah. know what they like more than that is if you tweet bare feet. That's what they want. Bare feet? Yeah, it's the new vagina. Oh, that's interesting. I did have a foot 
person yeah, for no, a while. Yeah, just block them right away. Because I, cause I'm a fashion mag editor. Yeah. <laughs> this guy kept coming up going, what shoes are you wearing today? So I was going, oh, you know, block heel, Manolo, blah, blah, blah. It took me ages to work out that for him it was he, a sex he, thing. Yeah, he was, was kind of enjoying like, this a bit too much. Happily going along. Oh, no, you were yeah. engaging. Was, I was. Love it. Yeah. But um, Anyway, back to vaginas. Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, the problem with it is it's just not very easy word is it vagina that's the thing I mean I'm not ashamed of it I'm not ashamed of being a woman in any way but it's just it's an odd word it's a strange word and it's not something that you you kind of say I mean I don't know the kind of the idea of having like cutesy terms for one's vagina also sits a bit weird with me that kind of like oh is your foo-foo or your flower or whatever it was someone Mm -hmm. was saying in the office earlier that a friend of hers calls her daughters her flower which she found really uncomfortable and in some ways I sort of think well if you're talking about your you know what you say to your children shouldn't it just be that's what it's called it's a vagina I know that's what I try to do but it's it is but then it's a horrible word to say it's It's just not a nice word is it it's not the right word though because like vagina is a specific part of what is the labia majora and minora and the clitoris and, and we the call vulva, all yeah. of that I'm just going to write this down time. there yeah. you go yeah. L- listen girls yeah. you got a diagram that we can I, I will yeah. draw one now yeah. and we call all of that one thing that's like if men just said like oh you know my scrotum that's it's misnamed really what do we call that then? I'd have very, very rarely say penis as well oh, oh you yeah. see it yeah. like the word penis is kind of because it's funny because I mean I have a daughter and you do and I've never shied away from calling it that but I noticed that she won't call it that either <laughs> so it's like, and that's not something I've I don't think I've yeah. consciously said oh that's a weird word I just yeah. think it's just she calls it sausage wallet it's the <laughs> it's the onometopoeic quality of it I don't know what it is it's, uh, it's, it is a weird word and I think yeah. the reason it feels funny to people is because we weren't used to hearing it just a short minute ago people wouldn't say it and we were meant to feel shame and embarrassment about that and I mean even doctors wouldn't really say it to you mm. and it's got the wrong name so there are all these reasons why it feels like this new horrible word mm. like moist some people hate that word yeah, yeah. I've never, I don't really I don't care about moist I don't care about any word moist 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 Good. I don't like pussy don't you I don't like it is that because it has a connotation of being a wimp no, I mean in terms, in reference to, I, I just, the idea of it being described as a rather stinky animal, I find a bit, yeah. I well, just, my pussy smells lovely. She's like, just always cleans herself and she's You're talking like, about your cat now, yeah. not your vagina. Well, both. I mean, but my cat. Just, mm. I love cats. I mean, I like my cat. I don't mind them. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a pussy allergy? No. No. <laughs> just allergic to the word. Just allergic to that word. And especially since, again, I don't mean to keep going on about it, but Donald Trump talked about grabbing pussies. Oh, it's like, I know. It's, a, it's such a, a word that men use. Oh, it's I, a bit of a man I, porn word, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. That, that men that uh, jumped into the news broadcast, remember? Mm. It's like, fuck around the pussy. And then that became a thing, a meme for men to jump into a woman reading the news and go fuck around the pussy yeah it is a kind of a violent um male ownership type yes word. i think so okay so i don't so, know what to call it i'm just going to keep on i was going to say what, what word there. should we use yeah <laughs> no. just pretend it doesn't exist so you don't have a word that you i mean i think I mean, that no, maybe no. glamour could pioneer a new word yeah no i think we you know i i have to woman up and un, you know and just get just over deal that with word. the word but How about um, the glam sandwich <laughs> 
God, I can see the brand extensions. I can see the, ca- <laughs> the cafe, everything that's going to come along with that. My daughter that's... calls it bijou. Really? Bijou. God, she came up with glamorous. That. I think so. And she it, came up with that herself. She did, and it's not even bijou, like you would say it in French. She calls it the bijou, like <laughs> emphasis on B. Oh yeah, they can see my bijou, and I love that. Yeah, I think that's a good one. Bijou. I think maybe I'm slightly phobic about saying vagina. Although I've said it a lot now in this. Good. In this I know. I feel like you're owning that word. It's now. like um, my old nanny from years ago, um, who I'm not going to name because she's going to hate me for telling the story. It was like she vagina. She was, pregnant yeah let's call her Regina she um she had to go to the doctor while she's pregnant and I was in the car with loads of other people including a couple of guys who I didn't know very well and she and I said so how was it and she said oh it was fine the doctor said I had a, an infection in my vagina oh and I sort of like let out a bit of a titter and so she said so so how am I supposed to say it and I so I was like trying to whisper into the phone vagina and I kept progressively have to get louder and louder and go vagina like this and so then everybody in the car looked at me so yeah I mean if that's because now you associate it with infection that was the trouble <laughs> if she said like my doctor says I have a beautiful vagina you'd be like good it's yeah. a beautiful thing yeah, and also a slight vagina. embarrassment in a car full of colleagues was yeah so the next connection yeah so but um vagina's yeah, so. fine the JJ vag vajaj Ja, 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 quite like that. Ja, ja. What do I call it? I don't know. Like I'm in very... Australia, it's a fanny, mm-hmm. but in America, that's the bum. It is the. I don't know what so, happened yeah. on the boat. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about patriotism and is it okay to be patriotic? I feel a bit funny about it, and I think it, I don't know if it's. And you might feel similarly, Catherine. I don't know because I'm not from. Britain mm-hmm. and I'm from Australia but I've lived here a long time yeah. I don't feel huge emotional attachment to either country I mean Australia's home England's home but I don't I, what I when I'm talking about patriotism I guess I'm talking about getting really excited on behalf of Jessica Ennis if she wins an Olympic gold medal I think that's wonderful for her what an achievement what an amazing woman I don't feel like part of Britain I don't feel like you're not claiming anything to do with it I don't think anybody else gets ownership of that Mm -hmm. what do you think I mean I absolutely agree we're we're all commonwealth so Britain needs us in a war but not so much in the Olympics they're like (laughs) we lost we won um I I don't like the sporting um, we, my team, we've done it. It doesn't happen with anything maybe else. That, maybe that's more what I'm talking about. I don't, maybe. Even, you know, I don't mind. I don't know. I, I guess on the whole, I guess it's supposed to be a good thing, pride in a country. But sometimes I think it leads down ugly cul-de-sacs, I think. I mean, it's it's meant to be inclusive, but when it creates division, yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. There can be violence associated with it sometimes in like a football sense and words exchanged. So I think it feels to me like a man thing, though, and I hate to generalize like that, but I mean, I don't see my girlfriends going like, yeah, you know, we did it, West Ham, we did it. Yeah, I, why, why do you think that is? Although, Lindsay, you are a football fan. I am a football fan, yeah. and it is, and it can be very tribal, but actually in a much smaller way, because I follow, um, God, you get more abuse about this, but <laughs> I follow a particular team, so I won't name them, because everyone hates them. Um, Chelsea, Chelsea? Oh, God, no. Okay. I hate Chelsea, too. Mm-hmm. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> um, but, you know, there's, there's, 
enormous tribal rivalry between a team that is 40 miles away from another team. It's very localised. Mm-hmm. And and I kind of understand that from a, a sporting rivalry perspective because mm-hmm. I've grown up watching football and supporting a particular team. And so you kind of you don't like your rivals. But I don't equate that with patriotism. I think patriotism is something... I find it very strange, the whole notion of patriotism. I don't... And I guess... I mean, I'm from Britain, but I lived abroad as a kid. So yeah. maybe I, similar to you guys, have kind of, you know, I didn't feel, I lived in Thailand. I didn't feel like I was from Thailand. Mm-hmm. But similarly, I didn't, in, that, in those years, I didn't grow up surrounded by all things British. And then I guess I moved around. So I don't, I don't have a kind of, I'm English or I'm British. I don't feel not proud to be British, but I don't have that real, like some people can get, and, and again, it can be a sporting thing, but just very, very entrenched in the where I'm from. And I sometimes wonder when there was obviously lots of conversation around the European referendum, which yeah. there were lots of phrases banded around that I didn't really understand. But people say things like, I want my country back. I just, I, I could never fully understand what people meant by that. And I sometimes wonder whether the notion of patriotism is something that people, not using it as an excuse, but it's an easy way to say, I don't feel happy with the way the world is going or the way my country is going or whatever it is. And you just you can lump it all in this patriotism pot. It doesn't really mean anything from mm. what I can see. And also, I'm, I'm married to a Scottish man, mm. and obviously, and we live in England. And, you know, obviously, so I go to Scotland a lot. And I've never sort of thought my Scottish in-laws see me as a different type. Yeah. Whereas, but one time, not one of my in-laws, I hasten, but um, one time somebody said something about something being very English and then apologised to me. And it was a friend of their family, and I was a bit like, oh. It was a bit of a shock wake-up call. So I was like, do you see me as something different? Because I don't think it's like other, that. Yeah. yeah, I'm other to you. Whereas I have never thought like that. I mean, and, I think that you know, during the Scottish referendum is a really good point. That's when I started to feel patriotic. I felt really uh, a sense of loss that mm. Scotland might separate. And I feel yeah, like that's we really need interesting. Yeah. Scotland and Wales and Ireland, I felt, oh, we're going to lose them. And then I really felt the sense of pride and the togetherness of all those yeah. nations of the UK. Yeah. I guess not being from here, I, I shared a lot of that. I was worried about that as well. I didn't want Scotland to secede from the Union. But it was like, it was more the pragmatic reasons. That yeah. It's sort of like, surely we're more powerful together it there was no sort of emotional thing and I think as an immigrant mm. I think because I'm a white person people don't see me as yeah. an immigrant but I am I'm not mm. I'm not from here and I, I just I I worry so much about where that language leads you know we're, we're from this country and they're not from that country and mm. we don't want them and I, and I think that not everybody who's a patriot would identify with that. No. And, and actually, you know, going back to the original yeah. question, is it okay to be patriotic? Of course it is. If, if, if a person feels patriotic and, and loves the country that they're from, of course that's fine to feel that way. But, but I wonder, is it also okay to kind of stand aside and, and observe about it rather than mm. participate? I don't know. It's a tricky time for it, Anna. Yeah. You can choose your level of engagement. I think... It's lovely to put up the bunting and to have this street parade and to be proud of your government. Imagine, I'd love to be proud of my government. And to <laughs> it's been feel, a long time. <laughs> yeah, and to feel really happy about the things, the positive things that your country's doing, like when they do well in the Olympics and, and that, but not to let that bleed into extreme nationalism. And, you know, I mean, there's a difference. And yeah. I'm patriotic. I do, I really love the royal family and there are British things. I'm really proud that my daughter, Scott, I love... 
um, her school, and I love her accent, and I love the NHS. I mean, I'm really patriotic yeah. about mm. those things. Yes. Yeah, and there are lots of things that are great about Great Britain. Mm-hmm. But it's just whether you, I guess whether it's whether you would, if somebody said to me, am I patriotic, I'm not sure I'd know how to answer that. That's how I feel, and I love living here, and I feel mm. very lucky to live here. Mm. So may, maybe I am, I don't know. Really. I think maybe this conversation reminds me of a lot of... Um, American celebrity women seem to have this conversation about feminism. They go, am I a feminist? Well, I don't know because I really love men and I wear a bra almost every day. And it's like, well, you are a feminist. You are. Yeah. You're not. An Did extreme... you earn your own money? You're a feminist. Exactly. And so I think we are I don't patriotic. think it's that simple with patriotism. But yeah. Well, you can be a yeah. patriotic, but just not go overboard. And um, you can separate yourself from Jessica Ennis or go the other way and just attach yourself to, to any success of a celebrity. Like claim it Carly, as your own. When Carly Kloss gets a campaign, I'm going to be like, we did it! <laughs> we did it! And that's the part of it I don't understand. But maybe I should just embrace you it. You weren't up running yeah. up that hill with a back, backpack of bricks at 6am, were you? No. <laughs> Yeah. But also remember Well done, the athletes. But do you remember that actually that anyone who was in London at the time of twenty twelve, were you in London there? Yes. When it was like the mood was amazing. And yes. I was the biggest cynic ever. I was like, oh, we'll never be able to pull this off. And actually we did. And it was incredible and I stood very happily corrected. That the the and it it did feel like a sense of happiness and hopefulness and joy and optimism going back to our original conversation, and it was a lovely thing, and maybe that's what patriotism is. Yeah, know. if that was the definition of it, I'd be well Yeah, maybe it. that's just the definition of happiness. Yeah, but I, yeah. <laughs> like a happy society. I felt really bad because I, I was very grumpy about the Olympics. Oh, God, it's going to be a nightmare. It's going to be, everywhere's going to be crowded. So I, I, I felt too guilty about the hypocrisy <laughs> of being patriotic at that point. But, but it was a great time, I'll admit. Oh, Super Saturday. Yeah. It was fantastic. And, and I'm really happy about um, when Canada does well in sport or right now we have a prime minister that everyone likes. And I'm patriotic. Yeah, mm. I'm thinking about a duffel bag and a baseball bat yeah. and just dragging your prime minister to come and do that. That would even do some business up. here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I feel like that's which patriotic. is a, probably a very unpatriotic thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would defend the values of my country. Sure, I would. I'm a patriot. Okay, I think it's. I think yeah, that's, that's fair enough. Sorted, yeah. I'm up for that. Thank Excellent. you so much, Catherine Ryan, for being here today. Thanks, babes. And um, come back, and we'll discuss some more. And in the meantime, I'll keep issues. enjoying Glamour magazine. Yeah, please do. And where can we find, we can find you at Cathbum on Twitter? I'm on the cover of Glamour this month. Yes, you can pick that up. You are uh, looking stunning. We, you. we spelt uh, your yeah. name wrong, but yeah. that's me. <laughs> we did it. Whoever it is, that's just we now did your it. Spelt Nicole, but uh, <laughs> we did it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll be touring soon, and you can watch How'd You Get So Rich on Channel 4. And please tweet me if you like it or if you don't. I don't care. I don't care about you. (laughs) And on that note, hey, it's okay. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to Glamour's Hey, It's Okay podcast. And we'd love you to visit iTunes and subscribe. Leave a review if you like, especially if it's a nice one, if you like what you hear. And we want to hear from you guys. If you've got some ideas about any topics you want us to discuss and debate very, very seriously about whether or not they're okay, tweet us at GlamourMagUK using the hashtag Hey, It's Okay. If you just can't get enough of us and you want to see some behind-the-scenes pictures of this glamorous podcast, then you need to get onto Instagram and search the hashtag GlamourHeyIt'sOkay. Thanks very much to our friends at Wired Magazine, the Glamour Podcast.
the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.